Boom, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from the CS Classroom, and we get to talk fitness today, so if you are one of those people who wants to get in shape, or you're staying in shape, this episode's for you, let's get this one going, here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! All right, getting in shape is a passion for some. They love it so much, they decide to open their own gym and share that passion with others. Unfortunately, they quickly learn that running and operating and growing a gym isn't as easy as they thought. Fortunately for them, our guest is here to make the process much easier. Customer acquisition can be difficult, but today we're going to learn how to turn emotional fitness into a money-making machine. So let's get ready to talk emotional fitness with our guest, George Luke. All right, George, welcome to the program, man. How's it going? Thank you, sir. Yeah, no, it's going well, man. Yeah, that was legit. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> dude it's all about getting that energy going it, it reminds me of like uh my alarm my alarm goes off at 4 20 in the morning and uh when i tell people that they look at me like i'm freaking insane right but the thing i do when the alarm goes off literally is i sit up my clothes is already ready to go right next to me i pop it on and then work out right in the morning man how do you get your energy oh, yeah. going and uh working out every single day yeah, man. No, right there with you. I think um, a big chunk of it is just like habit, right? It's like um, I mean, earlier on, it's like when building a habit, it just comes down to like how easy can you make that part of your routine in, in terms of fitting in what you already do, right? But then I think next next step, like at some point, um, you already at any given time, you already have a lot of habits that you're already engaged in, right? So like uh, next step, I think is typically a, a, what I call like an identity step, right? Like if you just start seeing yourself as the kind of person that works out, that eats well, um, you just automatically do it. You don't even have to think about it. You know, so just, just do. But good for you. I like that, man. Because yeah. in, in business, seeing that end vision can be kind of difficult, right? But with fitness, like you literally get out of the shower and you take a look at yourself and you're like, uh, I can work on that. I can work on that. And you start kind of pointing the finger, right? But you can almost visually see the transformation happening and you can physically feel the pain points, the soreness as you're working through it. Yeah. Not so much in business though, right? Mm -hmm. 100% yeah I think with business I mean what you're touching on is um, that's like one of the hardest pieces right it's like I think business comes down to solving a series of challenges internally so you're able to solve uh, the challenge that you want to solve externally right it's like externally is who the people you're looking to serve and the people who you're looking to help but um, I think half the battle is just identifying okay well, what problems exist in our business and in what order do we solve them right? it's like these are always a ton I might have lost you. Uh, what order are you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Lost you for a second there. So, what order do you solve them in? Right, like, like when when uh, it, when I thought 
I saw your profile come up and you're helping people with gyms. Uh, first thing that popped into my head was like Alex Ramosi, right? He's one of those big names that popped up on the scene, helping people uh, with gym launch. Uh, and I thought CrossFit, right? That was another one that came on the scene and just kind of blew up. What is it with uh, with people who have a passion for for fitness that get into this space? Maybe they start off as a personal trainer. Maybe they want to grow something. Where do the where do the roadblocks happen when you decide to do fitness as a business? Mm. No, that's a that's a great question, man. I think um, it's exactly what you what you talk about, right? It's like I think um, we serve gym owners, so most of gym owner stories uh, there's a similar to, to mine, like the, um, how I got into fitness, right? It's like um, for me, my story came from like a place of, um, a place of pain, if you will. Right. So, um, a little bit about me, like I, I didn't move to the U S until I was about 10 years old. So growing up for me, it was really hard. Right. It's like, um, so, so long story short, like it, it took me until, uh, when I turned 18, uh, when the, the feeling of, um, as an immigrant, the feeling of isolation and pain, just like, um, the, the lack of self-worth that I felt at the time bubbled up to the point where like I decided to do something about it and so like when I turned 18 I looked in the mirror I was like dude like I just don't like you you know uh, from that point I decided to do something about um, changing something that I want to change which is uh, my body at the time right so um, a lot of gym owners as well as trainers they share that story so so once they have gone through that transformation themselves the next step they were thinking was like okay cool like, well how can I impact other people in this way right um, which is which is able to get you only like so far in terms of being able to serve people um, with helping them as a technician right as a person that's helping people work out but the moment you decide to turn it into a business um, a lot of people aren't able to make that shift right so so the difference between uh, building a business right it's like the, the moment a, a gym owner becomes um, an owner uh, instead of a trainer they're signing up for um, a a massive amount of responsibilities that they didn't realize they signed up for, which is uh, at that point, your job is not even to train people directly. You know, like your, your job is literally just to be able to uh, get people in the door, uh, get people committed to their health, which is uh, marketing and sales, right? And then um, finding the people that, that wants to work with you, like your team members and building a team of trainers or team of coaches or team of staff, uh, so on and so forth, to be able to serve them. Uh, and you just manage the whole thing and in the future, maybe plug someone else in, right? So um, completely different ballgame. Whereas like oh, yeah. one, like becoming a better trainer is just like focusing on um, just the knowledge base uh, of what needs to like behavioral change, um, forms, exercise, exercise science, uh, all those things. Whereas um, business ownership is completely different. Right? Um, now, you mentioned in your story early on that you decided you wanted to make a change, right? And you decided to focus on your body. And I feel like for a lot of people, uh, opening the door to either entrepreneurship or a different lifestyle first starts with that ability to build their own confidence and working on your body is something that you can literally take control of. Uh, in business, a lot of times you can't, we just went through a pandemic. So many gyms closed throughout the pandemic because of things that were out of their control. They couldn't do anything about closing those doors. It was just a yes. mandate that happened, uh, which totally sucked. Uh, when you built your body and you started to develop that confidence, how did that change your mindset to say, okay, I think I can operate a business this way where you can do what you just described, which is step away from personally doing the fitness and actually running an organization. Um, in, in terms of how it played out for me or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's as with a lot of things, a uh, big chunk of it is just reps, right? Because earlier on uh, you have a lot of, you have a lot of self doubt, right? It's like, um, to change how you view yourself, uh, there's a lot that you have to work through to, to get to the other end where you just start viewing yourself differently, right? So um, 
for me personally, like for a long time, the way that I had lived out my life was um, just the path of least resistance, if you will, right? It's like where I, I just never really asked myself the hard questions and I was very apathetic about a lot of things, right? Um, where I didn't really care about a lot of things at all. So, so it wasn't until fitness, um, who, which is what I regard as like my first teacher, um, once it came into my life, like I, I started implementing um, a lot of things I learned from fitness, which is like, if you just put in work, you get results. So, so I just took that and I just started applying uh, towards like academics. Um, the way that I started viewing myself changed because I was the kind of person that was willing to work on myself, uh, become a better version of myself. And I sort of see myself differently. So, so thereby I started showing up differently. Right? So, so socially, like my life like blossomed, right? It's like, um, and then that carried over also into professionally. Like when I started thinking about, okay, well, what do I want to do with my career, with my life, right? It's like, what does that look like? Um, how can I, like, what, what do I consider to be meaningful, right? Um, and how do I go pursue that and learn more about that? And, um, so it's just like a one, one step, like one foot in front of the other, right? So the way I see it is um, it all begins with a one degree shift. Every single person is um, at some point they they face uh, what they're, what they're able to go through, what I call like a one degree shift, right? It's like at, at that time, they don't, they don't like even the simple decision of like, cool, I'm choosing to take in my health starting today starting mm. today, right? I'm choosing to go to the gym starting today. Like that's half the battle, just showing up. Like um, in, in real time, you might not be able to see that big of a change as you had mentioned earlier on, right? It's like, um, even with fitness, like sometimes, um, it, oftentimes it takes weeks, right? It's like for you to put in work without seeing anything. Um, but over time, if you if you see, like, let's say like your life uh, as a ship, if you will, right? A across, let's say weeks or months or year or years, right? It's like then that one degree shift will bring you to completely different destinations. But that's where it oh yeah, to totally. Yeah. It, it compounds. It just continues oh. to go forward, right? Getting your mind right. And uh, hi, by the way, hi Nicole, coming from Columbus, Ohio. She said my daily yoga routine helped me tremendously through the pandemic, and I gotta relate to her. Like uh, prior to the pandemic, the biggest I got was about two hundred and fifteen pounds, and then when the pandemic hit, I was like, you know what? This is the perfect time to get myself back in shape. And I think we all had to find something to to get our mind right to start working on that one degree shift every single day to make that effect compound over time. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, because, you know, speaking of getting our mind right and, and building these routines, you talk about emotional fitness. Tell me a little bit about what that actually is. Uh, and, 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 you know, then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I think um, for me, a few years ago, one of the things that I started diving into is um, beyond just like physical fitness, which is something I started to take care of, like an interest on physical body. Um, for me, at one point, one of the things I wanted to prioritize was uh, just being well-rounded, right? Holistically in terms of how I live my life. So that, that includes physical, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, right? So um, when I dove into emotional fitness, uh, that, that term changed over time. What it came to be over time, so, um, I started realizing like it's it's everything. Um, if emotional fitness is essentially just like what I define as um, how deeply aware you're able to become when it comes to your feelings, uh, as well as how it affects your thoughts, as well as like what it feels like in your body, right? It's like in your emotions, right? Because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, um, our our life, uh, the quality of our life is dictated by the quality of the decisions we make in our life. So if that's if that's the case, uh, and if we if we could agree that um, what our life looks like currently, it's a it's, it's an accumulation of all the decisions we have made up until this point. If that's the case, 
that it would serve for us to understand how decision-making takes place, right? Uh, and decision-making typically come from two different branches, right? Like logic and emotions. Um, and even though I think we, we oftentimes as people, we want to be as rational, as logical uh, as, as we can be. However, uh, the, the piece that we neglect and oftentimes as men are just the emotional side of things, right? It's like, <laughs> but unless you're a psychopath, um, emotions is something we all have, right? So, uh, so I started really digging deeper into my emotional uh, just well-being and emotional fitness, what I call it. Just uh, from a practice standpoint, it looks like meditation or, or journaling uh, or uh, just like diving deep into uh, books that helps you understand your, your range of emotions and how, how that's connected to, to how you make decisions. Right? Um, you're able to at some point draw a pattern and understand your emotions uh, and even bucket them and categorize them and get to know them and befriend them, if you will, um, where it no longer controls you. Right. So uh, because oftentimes, like for, for most of us, until we choose to observe it, um, it controls us like it, it rules our decision making process without even us knowing it, without us even questioning it. Oh, yeah. it, it totally does. And I, I like that how you brought up the meditation aspect of it, because a lot of times you think, oh, in the gym, it's loud, it's clinky. There's a lot of noise. People are grunting, making you know, whatever it is. But for me, like when I'm working out, I usually got my headphones on, which I notice in the gym, a lot of people normally do. And whatever we're talking about or listening to on our on our headphones, it is kind of that meditative state, whether yeah. you're rocking out and you need energy like to, you know, music pumping to get you going. Or like me this morning, I'm listening to an audio book and I'm trying to get my mind right and prepare for that day. Like yep. the the exertion of that physical workout, but at the same time, giving your mind that clarity, it does something for you to, to kind of get going. Um, I think there's also a huge correlation between fitness and business. I noticed that a lot of CEOs that I talk to tend to have some sort of physical routine in their day because that's part of that meditation process, along with journaling and some of those other things. It's to get your body in motion. Um, mm -hmm. What do you what do you think about you know that that aspect of of high level uh, executives having those workout routines? Um, my opinion is that it never hurts. If anything, like chances are, it almost always helps. <laughs> right because like i, I think um whether we like it or not it's like we have this one body that we live in uh that we get to live in for the rest of our life just this one <laughs> right? so so how you treat it as if we were to think of it it's like us being a driver in a, in, in the vehicle right? It's like in a car it's like okay well how do you want to take care uh, of the vehicle that, that you're living in right it's like the, the, the only one that you have um maybe until in the future where we, we pull ourselves out of out of our own bodies like it, it, with technology or whatever it may be but like until that's the case like um i mean we only have one body right all, all jokes aside and um i think um along with taking care of our physical health um there are a lot of benefits that, that encompasses that right it's like in terms of uh the, how much energy you have and how clear-headed you are right like, and, and also in terms of uh potentially being able to help with how you process your, your feelings and emotions as well, sometimes as an outlet, as a release, right? Um, I think it's, it's crucial. Dude, it's, uh, it's one of those businesses that I think uh, not a lot of people get into with like a lot of, uh, of like foresight, right? They're not thinking in high school, hey, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a gym owner. It's something that kind of falls upon you. Um, literally, uh, uh, you're in the classroom. We have 17-year-old students that uh, that are part of the, part of my uh, show program that listen to, to our, our interviews. 
um, and they're about to graduate and go into the world, right? Um, mm -hmm. What would you, what advice would you give to some of them who are actively athletes right now and kind of don't exactly know where they want to go, but really are fans of staying in shape and, and, and having that fitness life. And maybe there's an opportunity for them to get into this gym space. Uh, what would you tell somebody who's thinking about it, barely getting started? Um, for someone who's just, uh, just getting started and they have that pull, right? It's like, a, um, which is kind of like where I was like, uh, two years into college, because at that point, like out of all the things I wanted to do in my life, I was like, huh, like, well, I don't want to spend the rest of my life. Right? It's like, what do I want to be doing? Like work-wise, right? It's like, um, the one thing that came to mind for me was like, well, this thing just changed my life. I, I know, and I feel it like there's no denying, like in terms of how much of an impact this has had on my life, right? It's like what, whether it's uh, what, how, how my body composition has changed or how I feel or how I see, see myself, exercise, science, nutrition. These are, these are things that I'm really intrigued about, if not for other people, for myself, right? Um, but my biggest advice overall, like um, just with, with whichever path, just always follow the breadcrumbs. Follow, follow the breadcrumbs, right? So uh, if there's something that pulls you, follow it, see where it goes, right? I think ideally within every single one of us, um, there's a, there's a concept called the uh, Ikigai. Uh, have you ever, have you ever heard of it? No, I've never heard of it. So it's uh, in Japanese, it's uh, it's the term called uh, reason for being, right? So it, essentially what it talks about is ideally, optimally, a person's life is lived through this framework of uh, Ikigai, which is uh, kind of like a, a square, if you will, right? Um, or whereas uh, on one end, you ideally want to be doing something that you really like. That you enjoyed that you like or you love right so and then um something that's able to make you money you know some, something that's able to sustain you um and also something that you ideally are good at you know so that you feel that, that you're competent in. and and last but not least something that you feel as though the world could benefit from from your perspective right so uh when you're living in the intersection of all these four right it's like um something you enjoy doing slash love something you're really good at something that can make you money something you believe the world needs uh in the centerpiece uh you the what they say is like you have found your reason for being right it's like just so stay in that place because you'll probably live your life uh most fully right it's like with with passion with enthusiasm with love with with care right you know um for what it is that you do and how it impacts other people around you right so uh, but how do you get there like oftentimes i mean we've if you look around, like, I mean, there are plenty, depending on what a, what a person's goal is, right? It's like, if, if the goal is to live a life as fully as possible, um, which has been mine, it's, it's um, start somewhere. And I think one of the places you could start is uh, chasing money. But uh, we all know where that ends up leading, leading to, right? So because how many uh, multimillionaires and or even billionaires that have massed uh, endless amount of wealth, however, have no one to share it with and or just isn't happy, you know? Um, so if you want to live a life of, as fully as possible, like, I, ideally you just follow the breadcrumbs and that starts with, okay, well, what piques your interest? You know, like where, where does your curiosity lead you to, you know? Um, and if it means working at a gym as a trainer, do that. If it means like uh, going to, uh, well, the health and fitness direction, right? It's like, and just identifying what is it that you want to do or learn, like do that, follow it, you know? Um, usually good things will happen because you can always learn how to get good at something once you've walked down that path. What is what does it take to run a gym? Because I know there's a lot of people who start off like training people at the park, right? And it's it's a, you got a couple people that come to your training session. Um, they want to come on a regular basis, and then it grows and it grows from there. Then you got to find an actual location, maybe rent some space. What's it take to actually become a gym owner? Mm. 
Um, a lot. <laughs> well, a handful of things you, you mentioned just now, right? It's like, um, it, it all depends on how a person gets that stage, right? It's like uh, traditionally, like gym owners, they, they end up building their build their own gym um it, it could be because they were a trainer and they just wanted to go off and do their own thing because they didn't like how things were done at, at the previous facility right it's like um and they may have a client base or they may not right it's like it could be um a couple that overtakes an existing gym uh from a gym owner that wants to get out right it's like it could be um a gym that's uh, looking to close uh so they're looking to find a new buyer right it's like it could be a franchise so uh, a bunch of these different paths you can you can go down however um to, to answer the question of what it means to be a gym owner, honestly, it just it just means that you're you're choosing to. This is my belief. You're choosing to become stable in your community and establish a community um, and, and a place that's that's warm, that's able to get people to come in consistently to to work on themselves and better themselves through health and fitness. Like that's that's your job, you know. So, so um, in terms of what it takes to succeed as a gym owner, oftentimes, what it takes is just as it's similar to what it takes to, to succeed in any business for that matter, right? It's just learning the fundamentals of business and fundamentals of business that includes um, how do you get new business? How do you get people to walk into the door and sign up and commit to what you have to offer, right? Uh, so that's marketing and sales. And then on the back end, it's like, how do you service existing business? How do you service existing customers? Right? It's like, how do you elevate the, the experience that, that your members have or um, your training clients have, right? It's like, how, how do you, how do you refine an onboarding process? How do you have maybe additional products that's uh, more so uh, more, more private, right? So they, they charge accordingly to, for you to build a value ladder, right? So, um, and on the marketing sales front, that's usually where uh, what I've seen a lot of gym owners struggle because most gyms, um, once they go off the path and they decide to commit to building a gym or going to gym, it's not that they don't have a good product because they're usually the one that's doing everything <laughs> and they have a lot of people uh, that they're taking care of uh, them personally because they care because they got into the business to help people. So like people can feel that, right? So, so when they typically start off, it's like they're able to grow their gym uh, based on offering just maybe like free trials or just like spreading the word with friends and family, just like drawing people in, right? It's like, um, and it, it'll grow through word of mouth. However, eventually it'll cap. It'll probably like for uh, a gym that's offering like, let's say group fitness, it'll cap what we typically see is they'll cap around like 60 to 70 or 80. Um, whereas you get to a point where your churn, which is uh, which every single service basis, service based business has, which is uh, how many people leave as a percentage, right? Um, it matches how many people that are coming in. So like, let's say like a, a, the industry average for, for a gym uh, for churn, it's like 10%, right? So um, if a gym has like, let's say 80 members um, they, every single month, they'll have eight people leaving whether it's because uh, they, they move from the area or they get hurt or uh, something changes their job or something like COVID will affect that number much higher or what it may be, they'll, they'll lose like eight, eight-ish members. But then because they, don't, they haven't nailed down marketing and sales, uh, they only have like, let's say like eight members coming in every month. So that's where they stay stuck forever. Big plateau there. Plateau, you know? Um, so that's the common challenge that I've seen. Um, but yeah, in terms of what it takes, it just nailing down the fundamentals fundamentals of business some to health and fitness you nail it down um the basics exercise nutrition sleep nailing it down you um you have if you were to go to your landing page will to commit.com slash this landing page which is scrolling across the bottom of the screen you're going to see a lot of testimonials on that page so george what are people ranting and raving about what have you helped them achieve 
uh, help more people make more money um, and turn it into a, a really viable business. Right. So, so essentially what we do is um, the, the challenge that I just talked about, right. It's like um, the most frustrating thing for a gym to experience, right. Especially if a gym owner has been running their business for a while now um, is that they know their hearts in the right place. They want to help people. However, uh, th- what they build starting off as a business has turned into almost like what feels like a prison because they're not charging enough and because, uh, because they're not charging enough and they haven't nailed down uh, a way to consistently get people walking through the door and sign them up, um, they're stuck at that plateau and, and they feel like they can't get out, right? It's like it, it, what started off as um, this, this vehicle where they get to serve as many people as possible has become a prison where uh, most people don't even know where they are, right? So, so they'll have conversation with other people. They're like, oh, wow, I never knew you were here. And they've been around for like five years, right? Um, and usually at that breaking point, like that's where they're like, crap, like something, something needs to change, right? So, so that's what we help them with, to be honest, right? So, um, because if we were having this conversation like 30, 40 years ago, maybe it was like radio, maybe radio, maybe people still listen to radio or whatnot, what right? Uh, but nowadays- Few like, people if, do, I think. Yeah. But nowadays, like if, if you're, well, any local business, any local businesses, uh, right, especially a gym, if you're not getting in front of your audience or your community like that, let's say three, five, seven mile radius uh, consistently, no one will know where you are, who you are, let alone walking through the door. You know, so, so that's the first step. So it's just like, okay, well, how do we um, effectively get in front of your three, five, seven mile radius of the right people that, that you want to bring to your gym? How do we get them to raise their hand? Right. So, so, and then the next step is like, okay, well, once you have gotten people to raise their hand, generated a lead, how do you get them in the door? How do you nurture the relationship and build a relationship? Right. And once you get them in the door, how do you have that conversation with them and get them to commit to uh, their own health with you? you know? So you're helping them with their, with their essentially their systems, their processes, their marketing to get people in the door at a faster rate than their attrition, than the people that they're losing that are walking out the door. Um, so who's this ideal customer that you're looking for? What, what's this person ideally look like? Yeah, I, I mean, ideally, like the, the gyms that we serve, actually um, the ones that really crush it, they're actually further along. And they've gone through this iteration, this cycle. Um, they've dove into advertisement, like paid ads uh, with Facebook and Instagram. Maybe they've even learned it, right? So you mentioned Alex Ramosi earlier. Actually, a, a good chunk of our, our partners um, that, that work with us, they have worked with uh, Gym Launch and Alex Ramosi, right? It's like, um, so gym owners are doing like 20 grand a month plus because whatever they were using before is no longer working, right? So they just need a team that's able to take care of the whole stack, right? So just from literally generating leads, running the ads, um, all the way to getting people in the door in the whole process. Um, and they're just open to a change maybe in their sales process in terms of charging higher and getting people to come in at a higher price point. Um, those are usually our, our ideal clients. Oh, you're muted, man. Uh, you're still muted. <laughs> Sorry, you've been helping people uh, get so many gems, man. Like, like getting their mind right, getting in a position where they are uh, mentally and essentially spiritually ready to take on their day through physical fitness. You've transformed that into the ability to kind of launch and really take off with their with their gym memberships. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to work with you, how can they do that? I would say this, the easiest way is just uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram, uh, George L1022. 
I think that's that would be the easiest way for now. Um, yeah, right now we're we just recently launched a, a crazy offer that we're still looking to gather data, and so we're only letting in two gym owners uh, per week that we're partnering up with. Um, so we're in 14 days, we will help them uh, add anywhere between six to 10 grand in revenue within 14 days uh, without them paying us a dime um, just for us to prove to them that it works. And also for us to make sure like, okay, this is someone that we want to work with um, long-term especially. Right. Um, so if you know of any gym owners and they could benefit from going to the gym, yeah, feel free to have them shoot me a DM. All right. Uh, last question I got for you, uh, which is essentially, you know, any final thoughts? Um, you, the audience here is a young 17 year old high school students, uh, young entrepreneurs ready to go out and do something. Any last thoughts for them? Take the leap. Take the leap. Right. Because I think um, especially if you're on the younger side, <clears throat> We have we have our whole life ahead of us, right? It's like whether it's, whether you're 17 or whether you're 20s or whether you're 30s or the 40s, hell, it's like, I mean, like our our age, our lifespan just keeps getting longer, and longer, right? Just like as, as time continues, right? So um, take that leap, right? It's like if there's something that really calls you, that really pulls you, that really tugs at you, um, go for it, you know? Because I I think the the worst. The worst thing you can experience at the end of your life, um, as not to sound dark, is um, regret. Right? It's like uh, the, the pain of such, the, the the pain of asking yourself, "Man, like, well, if I tried to, like, what what would have happened?" You know, like, uh, so go after what it, whatever it is that you want. You know, um, follow the breadcrumb and just take a leap. Best advice you could have given, man. I, I totally feel you on that one. I was that was one of the thoughts that I had when I was uh COVID twenty twenty comes around. I wanted to get in shape. I was like, dude, I'm gonna regret it if I never in my life had a six pack. If I never had a six pack, it means I never put in the work. I never did it. I can never say I had that. I mean, maybe later on it's not gonna be possible for me as I reach 50, 60, 70 years old. So do it now. Now is the only moment you got, anyways. You potentially have a lifespan ahead of you, but you could not have tomorrow today's the only day you got guaranteed so make make the most of today and take action and move forward ladies and gents one more time uh make sure you guys hit up uh hit up george on his social george l 1022 and uh get yourselves in shape george thank you very much for coming on the program today ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you guys on the next one peace and we're out it's over go home is your business in need of marketing try starting a podcast but not just any podcast podcast like a pro we can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.